Hey, Kevin Draves here with The Howl for Diamond Box Bluetooth Speakers. I got to tell you, I play basketball at the gym down the road for me all the time. And sometimes I go late at night. I bring my Diamond Box. And now they're introducing three new systems. The new L2, XL2, and M2 all feature stereo sound by themselves or split stereo sound with wireless syncing of two units for a live sound experience. Loud enough for any environment. And I kid you not, you could play this at low volume and you'll hear it in any room of your house. This is the most powerful Bluetooth boombox speaker on the market today. Check them out on Twitter at Diamond Box Co. That's box with two X's, Diamond Box Co. Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Welcome you if this is your first time or if you're a regular listener to the Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is brought to you by our wonderful supporting partners, Rhymesayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on The Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones. Studio quality with easy accessibility since 1973. All right, so we are jumping into uh, sort of a a review preview, but we're not going to do all the games since we're actually just going to touch on the one after the trade deadline because I don't think anyone really wants to talk about that uh, Hawks game. What do you think, Kev? No, no, I don't. Well... I do in the in one respect, Rob, and I want to touch on this real quick, is without this Atlanta Hawks game, I don't think all of the deals that the Wolves made at the deadline get done. You don't think so? No, I think if... Uh, I mean, I think the D'Angelo Russell trade was getting done, and I think Covington gets traded as well, regardless. Uh, but uh, the way that the Wolves looked against Atlanta really, I think, signaled the, the alarm 
for the front Wait, office. Okay, but what was the trade that wasn't happening then? Because you said that the two trades that happened were going to happen. I don't think Gorgie gets moved. So you think James Johnson wouldn't have been a priority? I, th- I think that was probably something, and I don't think as many players would have been involved in the Covington deal. That's Those are the two things that I think. Hmm. I think that the loss to the Hawks showed without a question of a doubt but who could and could not play the only thing the I'm gonna, the only thing I'll say about that is uh, we didn't end up caving the other teams did and actually uh, by the way the now that I'm saying this out loud uh, the Hawks game happened after the Covington trade I thought it was before because we had Roco that game didn't we no I don't believe so I don't think so I'm pretty sure that's where we did because it was at, it was the evening after the Hawks game, wasn't it? No, I don't think so. I think the Hawks game happened without Rocco. I think he had already been traded. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Well, then just scrap. In everything fact, that I no, said. I know. You know what? You want to know how I know? Because uh, Malik Beasley was here for that game and wanted to play, and they wouldn't let him because the that's trade right, hadn't gone through it yet. It wasn't official. That's right. That's right. Okay. That's right. Well, then, yeah. Never mind then. So. Uh, maybe they don't do the James Johnson trade, but I think they've, they've been trying to get off of Gorgie Jing's money for a they long have. time. So I think it would have made some sense to still do that trade. But other than that, I know I've seen a lot of people, I think a lot of people ripped towns after that Hawks game. And I think rightfully so for the most yes. part, um, some people go a little aggressive on that, I think, but ultimately I do think uh, he should have been better. He kind of, I almost felt like he was kind of like a, like a spoiled child or something. Like kind of throw, he almost, it was almost like a tantrum. Like, something just uh, was not right there. Uh, he wasn't happy that a bunch of his friends got traded away. Yeah, it was ugly. Uh, he was pouting. He was. So, then, of course, all the trades happen. Everything happens. D'Angelo Russell's here. Um, and uh, it's very cool stuff going on there. Um, I One thing, if you have not seen it, I'm sure it's up online somewhere. But uh, to start that game, the next game, I should say, the game against the Clippers, I don't know that anyone went into that game saying the Wolves are going to win. If D'Angelo Russell had played, I would have felt like it's possible, but still unlikely. So that was kind of my mindset going into the game. I did go to the game. Um, Kevin and Aaron, unfortunately, weren't able to attend, but wow. they did watch the game. Yes. Um, so, so real quick, uh, I don't know if you even saw this. Uh, Wednesday's home game against the Hornets, uh, D'Lo's debut, they're calling it. Uh, they were giving away tickets. The Timberwolves. Were. I just heard about this. Is it not happening anymore? Uh, they're already sold out in wow. seven minutes. That's crazy. Less than seven minutes, they sold out of tickets for the event. So uh, you know what bugs me about that is that, no offense to a lot of the people that probably took tickets, you're not real fans. Yeah. Where were you the last fifteen years when I was a season ticket holder? You know where you weren't? You weren't at the Timberwolves. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So uh, two thousand tickets. Uh, were made available on a first-come, first-served basis, uh, and uh, they are already gone less than seven minutes in to the, uh, to the event. First-come, first-served should have been giving tickets to me and you since, we've, we're, since we're jumping into season tickets. I mean, I've already been a ticket holder for a long time. I, I, I would have appreciated a heads-up there. Like, come right. on. I, now, now, here's the thing. What I'll add to that, though. Not all season ticket holders because – no offense to the people that are sitting in the lower levels with like really high end seats. If you're spending upwards of like five or six hundred dollars a game on a ticket, you don't probably don't need a free. You don't need a free game. I'm in the upper deck. I'm not spending tons of money. Like throw me a bone every once in a yeah. while. Come on. Yeah, give me some but free tickets. But regardless, good, good to very see that cool. they are good to see that they are sold out. Yep. Um so Delo must so he's obviously playing that game. 
It doesn't tell us about tonight's they, game. I mean, they called it his home debut. The Wolves are on the road tonight. Yep, in They're, they're in Toronto. Toronto. They're in the six. I saw some people say he wouldn't have made the trip if he was going to play. I disagree there. It's all about chemistry, camaraderie. He wants yes. to be there to support his teammates. He was going to go regardless. I think so, Because too. it's not like he's rehabbing an injury. He just isn't able to go full bore yet, and they don't want to rush him back. That's yeah, all that I, is. I have not seen anything come through on his status for the evening. I know he warmed up. And he's been, or he's been, like he's been practicing. He went through a full practice. I would guess he plays tonight, but you never know. So Saunders met with the media before the shoot around this morning. Said that they'll have a better idea about his availability after going through shoot around. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, but nothing has nothing's official. Nothing has been officially said one way or another. Uh, but they are touting the game as uh, the home debut of D'Lo and Cat. So here's what we'll do. Um, so we'll get into that after. We'll touch on the Clipper game. And then we'll jump into our uh, review segment, and we'll talk about the Raptors game and, and some other games coming up. So uh, starting off, uh, but the one thing I want to touch on first was I thought I really enjoyed the D'Angelo Russell comment when he's talking before the game. And what did he oh, say? Keep shit, keep shit going? Keep, keep that shit going. And now, and the thing, too, and, and Rob, you and Aaron and I were texting. Uh, that made it through on TV. I mean, it wasn't, it it wasn't bleeped made, yeah. out. Well, so I, I watched... I watch every – so when I go to games, if it's a good game, I watch it back to prepare for these segments. And so I watched it back, and I, I appreciated that. I mean, it's, you know, shit's not really – uh... So when the game first started, Rob, I laughed when I saw them introduce the whole team because the, the, the running joke I was – I liked it, though. I liked it, too, but the, the running joke that I was making with my friends is that, you know, the first practice that the team has together, Ryan's going to get yep. them all in a circle. Yep. And they're going to introduce they're gonna, They're going to say their name, how old they are, where they're from, and one interesting fact about them. And then they kind of did that at the uh, at the opening ceremony, so I had to chuckle a little bit. But um, first off, excellent choice in jersey. Yeah, uh, the jersey. Well, that's the been, jersey. I think it's probably been decided a long time. The jersey was was statement green, and yep. this was a team making a statement that this is a new era in Minnesota. Sure felt uh, that way. Really, really felt that way. Mm-hmm. Malik Beasley draining an early three to start the game. A Kogi's baseline dunk. Uh, this, of, this yeah. Wolves team was off to a great start. Yep. And uh, and we'll get into more. So I'll get into more specifics as we kind of break it down. Yeah. Uh, so funny thing. So the game starts off a little slow, a little sloppy. Uh, two early turnovers, but the Wolves were able to garner a 3-2 to two lead. Uh, early on, definitely the Towns and Beasley show. Towns, two assists on two Beasley three makes. And the Wolves are able to build a lead up to 9-4. to four. Now, Wancho, uh, a player that here on the show we really, really like, uh, grabs an early foul on Kawhi. Very questionable, and you hope uh, you go into this game saying, I hope that's not going to be the case all night, where the referee is a little inconsistent. I feel like every time I go to a game now, Kenny Mauer's there. That, that guy haunts yeah. me in my dreams. And, of course, Kenny Mauer's there, and I'm, I'm talking to people that I don't even know that are at the game sitting near us, that we're, and we're all like, man, Kenny Mauer's the worst. Like, the whole section, I think, everyone hates that guy. I mean, it's just one of those things, as a Wolves fan, that's, we all bond uh, on our disliking of certain referees. Uh, Spurs do, are able to go on a small run of their own, and just like that, game is tied at nine apiece. Malik, though, able to hit his third three of the game, puts the Wolves back on top. As Jim Pete says, he is locked and loaded. Clippers showing why they are so good as they answer with another run, and just like that, we are tied at 18 after a Kawhi Leonard three-pointer. Early on, Kawhi doing it all, 14 points, and for the Wolves, eight of their nine shots have been assisted on, which is really impressive. I would say early on, uh, me and my friend Mike that were at this game, 
we really thought that it looked like Kawhi was just going to carry everybody, and Paul George didn't really seem to to be there. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, the I think one of the things that that we really saw that uh, honestly scared me a little bit was uh, for the for the Clippers is you know the Wolves played good D on Paul George and Kawhi. They were going to get theirs regardless. Yep. But it didn't really see any stepping up from anybody else on that Clippers organization, and that could have been uh, travel related. It could have been just the atmosphere, yeah. you know, a, a surprising atmosphere in Minnesota. There's there's a number of things it could have been, but I never got the feel that the Clippers were really, really in this game. Like, I don't like they were overlooking us. I you know I, I talked I talked about this at the game even, but uh, I don't think Zubats, I don't think he's the answer. No, I don't think so either. I, I, you know, and and. Uh, I like I like Harold a lot more than I like Zubats. I really do. Uh, when we go to games a lot, so what me and my friend will do is we'll uh, we'll make a wa- like a wager like a beat ups or something. And what we'll do is we pick five players, and we the the normal rules the way it works is you show up to the game. We make an agreement. All right, we're gonna each pick five players. You go every other, so you draft five guys, and you can't look at like is someone not gonna be playing? How have guys been doing recently? We we don't look at any of that stuff, and it's just you got five guys. So. My friend Mike, he grabs Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I was able to get Towns and Malik, and Malik Beasley. It's a really smart pick going with Kawhi and Paul George. 100%. Well, so he had picks one and three. And with my pick, I had to go Towns because I'm like, I can't. Yep. I got to go that way. He takes George. I take Malik Beasley. And at that point, we're kind of like, all right, who do you take next? Because you don't know with the new iteration of the Wolves who's going to get a lot of minutes, who's going to play well. But at the same time, when he has that next pick, he's like, I don't want to have all Clipper players. Yep. Well, he ends up taking uh, to finalize the rest of his roster, but he takes uh, he takes Zubats, which didn't do much for him. I ended up getting Harrell. Didn't do much for me. The guy didn't get like any rebounds. Yep. It was super weird. Um, but then he made the mistake. He took Morris, who didn't play. Oh. Now, here's the problem. Brutal. I took Landry Shamet, who basically didn't play. <laughs> so... It all came down to Malik Beasley was like the, yep. was the big difference maker, and Paul George just didn't do enough. So the way it works is, when we the way we set it up, you get a point for every point, obviously. Uh, you get a point for rebounds, blocks, steals, and assists, and then you lose a point for turnovers. Yep. And yeah, so you and I play this all ultimately. The time. Ultimately, I end up winning it, um, but it was close. It was very close. Uh, it was, but but Morris killed him. Shamit killed me. I'm trying to think of who else. Oh, he had Josh Okoge, which was pretty big. It was a pretty big uh, – what killed us both, by the way, and I, I just – in the end, I didn't go with uh, Jordan McLaughlin. I didn't go with J-Mac. Yeah, no, I no. almost – I almost, just because of the way the, the lineups worked and just the way he's been playing lately, I almost went with Keelan Martin, who didn't even play in the game until about a minute left. <laughs> Thank goodness I did not do that. You don't want to go with Jordan McLaughlin? That could have been – that could have been bad. If I had gone with him, so it was a uh, it was an interesting uh, an interesting game, but a lot of fun there. So uh, moving on to uh, more things, uh, Wolves able to get a dunk in transition uh, with two minutes to go in the first quarter by Culver, and the Wolves like that lead thirty one to twenty five. James Johnson hits a three. Wolves are now eight of twelve from deep already, and up to thirty four to twenty seven with a seven point lead. Unfortunately, a tough couple calls against Johnson. He has now two fouls already in the first, but he stays in, scores again, and the Wolves are now up 40-31 to 31 after the first quarter. So pretty good start so far for a Wolves team that you didn't know what to expect after those trades. Yeah, 40-point uh, first quarter. Uh, you don't see that too often. You don't see that too often. 
but it was the amount of threes that they made in that first quarter. I think they tied a franchise record, set a franchise record with threes in a, in, in a quarter, like eight so. or nine. Yeah. Uh, Malik Beasley, and, and I'll tell you, Rob, the whole first quarter, the smile did not leave my face. This team immediately was fun to watch. They were yeah, you know, playing like. defense, the, the scoring, just everything. And then you slowly saw the camaraderie of this team that yep. you could tell you know, it, it looked like it was something that had been going on for, for years and had been put together in days. Mm-hmm. Uh, James, you know, later in the game, James Johnson, the ice in his veins. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, I the like guy, that. you know, D'Angelo Russell off the bench. I mean, it's just these guys. And, and I'll say this too. My buddy goes, well, who's to say that they keep this up? I bet you they lose their next game by 30. And I go, no, you're wrong. Because all of these guys that the Wolves picked up, save for maybe one or two, have been great players that have been in bad situations. Yep. So now yeah. they're playing to show the world that they're worthy of it, of the NBA. Exactly. So a guy like Malik Beasley, this shooting stretch, we might not see those numbers, but the intensity and the production that we'll see out of him will be season long. Agreed. Same with Wancho, same with James Johnson, same with anybody else that we've picked yeah. up in this deadline. I think that's fair. They're all going to play to prove a point, and we're going to see a great, uh, and, and if not a great Wolves team, and at least fun Wolves team to watch. Competitive, and, and it's not yes. going to be like you, you know, there's sometimes in Wolves games where, uh, like when I'm going through and I'm, I'm taking notes on games and going through stuff, it, there's the last like two weeks, let's say, there's always a point in the game where I say to them, I pause and I go, I can tell right now we've, we're going to lose this game. Yep. And it happens. And you can always tell the point. And hopefully now that that point doesn't come. Hopefully it's it's very consistent where we're getting the effort from all the players. But right now, I mean, we talked about chemistry in the 2K segment. And you see it this quickly. Like James Johnson looks like he's best friends with everybody. Yeah, exactly. I think Which, it's very cool. That's probably the underrated acquisition of yep. the year for the Wolves already. And how many times have we wanted toughness on this team? Whether it's uh, when Ricky Rubio and Pat Bever going at it and no one cared on the team. Like no one wants to step in. When uh, a number of years ago, when Andrew Bynum hard follows Malik Be- or Michael Beasley, nothing. No one even cares. Like, even Pekovic was like, okay. Like, you need players to step up. And, and you know James Johnson's not taking He doesn't flat. care. He's going to Dude's go to a bat. MMA fighter. Yep. Like, like, an undefeated MMA fighter, if I remember seven correctly. 7-0. Yep. 7-0. So, pretty impressive there. Uh, jumping into the second quarter, Nas comes in and right away gets a foul. Has to fix those foul issues on defense. They've been a, a pretty consistent issue for him. Hopefully, he, he turns the corner there because offensively, he's incredibly gifted. If he's if he's wanting to grow his game, like we're seeing on the offensive side, that's the thing he's going to work on in the offseason yeah. is defense and and, and you know, he has clean defense from where he was uh, yes. initially. But it's still a but long way to it's go. It's still an issue, and, yep. and especially as being our lone backup center for the rest of this year. Yep, he has to get Makes better a big at difference. it quick. Yep, agreed. Uh, Wancho then hits a corner three. Wolves now up 11 early in the second. Uh, while not always impressive on offense, uh, solid defense so far in this game by Culver, whether he was taking on Paul George or someone else. I, I thought on that end of the court, at least, he was very fun to watch. Yep. Uh, Nas Reed hits a three, and that is now eight Wolves players with at least one made three, uh, 50 to 42 with 720 to go in the second. Another game, and so far, again, super impressed with J-Mac. He's hit a couple really tough driving layups. He's four of five so far, nine points already in the game. Nasrid moves his feet and draws the charge on green. Then he Euro steps on the other end for a driving layup. And just like that, the Wolves are back up 10. And while the lead could or maybe even should be bigger points in the paint, and sorry, while it should be bigger, points in the paint were a big issue for us. 
and the Clippers were able to shoot really, really well to start this game. 60% uh, up to this point in the second quarter. J-Mac gets a three, gives the Wolves their largest lead of the game at 12 midway through the second. Akogi then gets a steal in transition, flagrant foul by Montrez Harrell. Uh, Akogi, who continues to consistently struggle at the line, does only make one of two, but we are up 13 um, at the game. That flagrant foul looked real bad. Like, immediately, I'm, I'm like, all right, that's got to be called. And I was glad that it was. Uh, did you think that was the right call? I thought it was. Um, I mean, one thing that I've seen out of Montrez Harrell is he doesn't he doesn't come off as a dirty player. He's an aggressive player. Yep. And there's a huge difference between aggressive and dirty. And if if Montrez had the track record of being a dirty player, I think that's a more severe call. Could be, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, again, it was made in it was made in uh, um, the heat of the moment. There was I don't, I didn't think that there was any ill will towards it. He was trying to yeah. play the ball. And he just caught a Kogi. Uh, I'm okay with the call. Um, a couple plays later, or right around that time, uh, Paul George, like basically body checks or throws a Kogi to the ground. Uh, no call, and and it was legitimately obviously a charge. No call. He gets the easy wide open layup, and early on especially, Paul George was very good in the paint. Um, the Wolves, though, were able to get their largest lead of the game at 15 with just under four minutes to go in the second quarter. Uh, Kawhi Leonard makes sure to, uh, uh, you know, always – he's one of those players that I think it's a, the benefit of some really weak whistles, and this game was no different. And unfortunately, this time it puts uh, uh, Wancho in foul trouble now. Yep. We talked earlier about James Johnson being in foul trouble. Now that's your two power forwards – both of which have issues there, um, and he ended up having to come out. Uh, and you, Kawhi Leonard, 6 of 7 already from the line at this point in the game. Uh, Beasley, though, able to hit his fourth three, and the Wolves are now up 17 points uh, with just under two minutes to go in the second. 54 to 71 is your score, but he's not done as he hits another three, and now the Wolves are up 20 points, 74 to 54, and while Kawhi is able to answer back, it doesn't matter. As Beasley hits another three, six so far in the game, Wolves are now up 20 again. Town scores 22 now. Uh, at this point, you really felt like the Wolves were unstoppable with just 33 seconds to go in the half. 81 to 59 ends up being the halftime score. Absolutely unreal. And that actually was a franchise record for points in a half. The previous record was 74. So you, I mean, that's pretty blowing it out. That's crazy. Uh, one thing I appreciate uh, in this game was uh, Malik Beasley. He seems to really be aggressive and hunt for rebounds, which I like. And and I, it seems early on Wolves fans love him. I mean, what are your thoughts on – I mean, I, to me, it's one game in, I get that. But there's just something about him that it, you get drawn to. I, I think with a lot of the new guys that we saw on Saturday night that Wolves fans have taken to them quickly and uh, will continue to be. But yeah. Uh, for me, Malik Beasley, Juancho, and, and James Johnson are my top three already. Yep. It's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, interesting, in the first half, with Paul George out, the Clippers were a minus 11. With both Kawhi and George out, they were a minus 5. With just Kawhi out, they were a plus 3. I thought that was very weird. Uh, I did not, like, I would say confusing is, a, is what that stat made me feel like. Yep. Because I'm watching going, man, Kawhi's killing us, but maybe he's just kind of uh taking over too much uh i, I kind of want, almost like a jeff teague effect like maybe or, or derrick rose would be a good example where you see it, he's scoring he's doing these things that look all positive and then you jump to the box score and you're like wait a minute what how are they not better when he's out there so uh it was a very interesting stat 
Uh, J-Mac, uh, jumping into that second half, J-Mac, solid defense on Paul George. Then in transition, he sees a hole. He drives in for a monster dunk. And again, I don't know how people are impressed by him. So many people are down on him. I've had multiple people tell me he doesn't even belong in the NBA. That's crazy to me. I mean, long term, if someone told me he was going to be like the backup point guard of the future, 100%. Yeah. I really like what he and brings to the table. And he's playing for a job. And that's what, that's what I'm talking yeah. about is a lot of these guys are playing for jobs next year, whether yeah. it's with the Wolves or with another team. Yep. And uh, I hope he's a guy that stays on this team for a long time. Yep, agreed. And you wonder if he ends up getting uh, transferred from a two-way into uh, one of those final roster spots. Uh, so we'll see there. Uh, very, very cool uh, so far from his career, at least as a Wolf. Uh, in transition, we talked earlier about how Kawhi really gets the benefit here. Kawhi driving in transition, clearly travels. The whole bench and the coaches jump up yelling about the call. Doesn't matter. Refs don't care, and he gets an easy two-point basket. J-Mac, though, another dunk, this time spinning, and as Jim P calls it, amazing. And then refs actually, uh, of course, want to kill our momentum as they give Wancho another questionable call here in the third quarter. That's four fouls now, and again, he has to sit. So that's one thing I want to watch for. We talk about Nasri having foul issues. I very much hope Wancho's not a guy that commits a lot of bad fouls. Yep. In this game, I just thought he kind of got a raw deal. And I know that in previous games we've talked about how Nas Reed gets a raw deal. Being on the Wolves, I think some players just have to be aware that we're not going to get the benefit of good whistles. I'm hoping the better we get, uh, the more that changes. Uh, but I guess time will tell. Uh, 8.31 to go in the third. Kogi hits the corner three. Wolves are now up 89-66. to 66. They have 16 threes in the game to this point. Johnson, though, makes it 17 as he hits a three, and the Wolves are now up 26 points. Clippers was it, call was a that, timeout. Was that the ice in the veins? I think it was. Yeah, that might have been it. That was a cool moment. Very cool. Because you know that's the D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, one, yep. one of my favorites because yep. he does it, and the first person off the bench and just laughing is D'Angelo Russell. It, it was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So Clippers call a timeout. Out of that timeout, Clippers seem to have some extra energy, and they get it to 21. And then we turn it over. They get another three, this time from Jermichael Green. And just like that, an 8-0 run. And I appreciate Ryan Saunders. Uh, he's able to do something that a lot of previous Wolves coaches couldn't, and that's call timeouts effectively. Whether it was uh, Tom Thibodeau, whether it was uh, Adelman, I always felt like those coaches, for whatever reason, always relied too much on the players fixing things themselves, and sometimes you can't do that. You need to step in and just calm things down. Ryan does that here uh, once they got that lead down to 18. Paul George, by the way, tries to make it even closer, but he continues his struggles for outside the paint as he misses another jumper. He's now one of eight at this point in the game. So outside of the paint, he was struggling, and, yeah. and, and that was a big – and it, it wasn't that he was just playing poorly. We played good defense on him. Akogi, Culver, guys were stepping up. And yep. actually, a couple plays, uh, Jordan McLaughlin had to play him and played well. So I thought that was very cool to see. Uh, now with 5-11 left in the third, Beasley hits his seventh three, and just like that, the Wolves are back up 26 points. Obviously a very good timeout from Ryan Saunders. Uh, but the refs don't like that at all, and they decide to kill the momentum yet again with a completely BS foul on Beasley in transition. I don't know if you remember this. They're, like, coming up the court, and Beasley just goes like this and just grazes, I think it was Kawhi, and, and all of a sudden it's a foul. And, again, the bench was not happy because what you see time and time again is good teams get the benefit of the doubt of a few calls, and all of a sudden the momentum swings. Yep. And it felt like at least a few times 
we had all this momentum, and the refs just were like, we're going to squash that. So the, at a couple points, that definitely was a little frustrating. But uh, overall, it, wasn't, it, it obviously ended up not hurting us too much. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, though, hits a three, and it's now 102-81, to 312 to go in the third. Uh, Kawhi Leonard has 27 points now. So despite the fact that the team isn't always doing as well with him out there, we couldn't stop him. I mean, he was fantastic. Well, again, like, like I said earlier, it comes down to it. On this team, Kawhi and Paul George are going to get theirs. It's can you stop everyone else? Correct. I think that's what you – when you're playing big-name teams, you know, when they're, the or next game against players, the Raptors, yep. like there's certain guys you just got to stop. Yep. You know, Kawhi, Kyle Lowry, you got to find a way to stop him. There's certain players on every team that uh, are probably going to get their points no matter what and just – Get the other guys. Yep. You know, all the all the role players. Exactly. That's who you got to stop. 100%. Uh, so at this point, it's a 130 to go in the third. Towns hits a three, and his stat line up to this point, 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists. Wolves have a 22-point lead, 107 to 85. Towns, though, gets wrapped up, and I thought this play was really cool. Wrapped up. He spins. Somehow was able to hit the shot for the and one attempt. Yep. Oh, it was my fanta- goodness. And by the way, uh, watching it live, I thought for sure it was a it was an and one, but I think it was uh, Kenny Maurer was like, "No, nah, we're waving that off," and it's like, "No, yeah, no, clearly it was... was in the act of shooting." Yep. Luckily, they got it right, and he gets that. And uh, so I haven't had a chance to make it yet, but I, I, I captured the video of that moment because they go over to D'Angelo Russell, who's standing up off the bench, and he just goes, drops his mouth, just goes, "What? <laughs> what?" It was. I mean, it was such a cool moment. There and there were tons of those moments. Yep. Uh, I mean, it was just so much fun to watch. I, I there were a number of times where they flashed over to the bench and like Towns would be doing a dance or something. Like, I mean, they're just having fun, and it they showed are. in this first game. Uh, Towns, uh, so gets the line. Um, he actually ends up, uh, I believe, he misses the free throw actually. But uh, as quarter three comes to a close, the Wolves get a steal. Crab hits the buzzer beater, which was so cool to see. And just like that, one twelve to eighty eight is the score after three quarters. You couldn't ask for a better three quarters. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, J-Mac, as we start the second, uh, fourth quarter off, J-Mac able to set himself up for a nice career high as he scores. He now has 20 early in the fourth quarter. Nas hits the Wolves' 22nd three, which is one off the franchise record. Wolves now up 26 with just over 10 minutes to go in the fourth. Uh, Clippers at this point under 10 to go, and uh, they actually went all reserves, including our guy Amir Coffey. Yeah, cool great, to see him get to some see run. Him here getting some playing time, yep. especially in his home state, uh, and and he played pretty well too, from what I saw. Yeah, and and the, uh, the the interesting thing you mentioned that, but the Clippers reserved. They made some noise, cut the lead to nineteen with just over seven minutes to go, and after that Kings game, no chances are being taken. Just like that, Ryan throws in Carl Towns, Malik Beasley. And they are back in, but the Clippers cap up a thirteen to four run with another hoop. Ryan calls a timeout. It's now a seventeen point game, one twenty one to one hundred four. Seven minutes left in the fourth. At that point, I kind of wonder: Are they going to make some changes? Are they going to bring back in Paul George? Are they going to bring back in Kawhi Leonard? They had a back to back though. They made the decision not to do it. So out of the timeout, Wancho able to hit a really deep three to push the lead back up to twenty, and then they tie the franchise record with twenty three made threes with that. Uh, by the team in one game. So very cool there. Wancho then hits another three. Now we have a new franchise record at 24. But not long after that, Nas Reed hits number 25. And he's not done as he hits number 26. 26 three-pointers in this game. Crazy, crazy impressive. And at that point, we're up uh, 135 to 112. You know the game's over. No one's coming back from that. Yep. 
Uh, Keelan Martin, by the way, comes in, hits a driving hook layup, and that gets us to 140. And ultimately, the Wolves do win this one. 142 to 115 is the final in this game. Very impressive win against one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. I mean, huge win. Very uh, cool to see. Riding high, a lot of emotion. Uh, team goes and plays absolutely lights out. Now, the important thing is, are they going to be able to sustain that and put up 142 every night? Probably no. not. But <laughs> how does this team play against these top teams? And they had a, a, a tough two-game stretch. Uh, the Clippers on Saturday night, they play the Raptors on Monday night. Uh, how do they perform against w one of the best team in the East? I mean, it's, you know, is it a hangover? Uh, do they continue? Are, are we seeing that maybe this is something that will be consistent, or was that a one-off? That's what we're going to find out. So tonight. what are your thoughts? Uh, I do think they lose tonight. I, I'm just being honest. I, think, I don't think they win. I think it's closer than – I think it's a good game. I don't think we get blown out or anything like that. Now, if D'Angelo Russell plays, I would give us an outside chance to win that game. I think with or without D'Lo, we win. Do you think – all right. I'm going to ride high, Rob, off of this victory. I mean, you definitely – I think you're high for sure. Um, I'm going <laughs> to ride high off of this victory and go for it and say that the Wolves win a close one against the Raptors in the six. All right. So then we have uh, up Wednesday, we're taking on the Charlotte Hornets. Um, you That's know, a win. You have to win that game. That's and a win. you have to win it no, – No MKG, no Marvin Williams on that Hornets team. You need to win that game by 20. That's a win. I think we win by 20 plus. Yes. I just – to me, I just feel like that's a game where we're going to set – Continue a message. You heard Malik Beasley. I want to make the playoffs. I love That's his Malik goal. Beasley. Second best Malik in a Timberwolves uniform. 100%. 100%. Or uh, Threesley, as some Threesley. people call him now. Malik Threesley. And that actually, uh, that really does it because then we have All-Star Weekend. Heck yeah. Super, super excited for All-Star Weekend. Uh, Okogi is the lone Wolves representative this weekend. Uh, I was a little bummed about Culver not making it, but he's just been so inconsistent. Yeah. I get it. I think it's, I think regardless of Wolves' representation, I think it'll still be a great weekend. Uh, really, really looking forward to it. Yep. All right, next up, taking a look at the Wolves-Toronto Raptor game. Uh, Toronto comes in on a 14-game winning streak. Meanwhile, Wolves have lost 15 straight uh, in this building. Wolves down early, 11-2, to as D'Lo has the only Wolves bucket so far in his debut Wolves don't seem prepared for the Raptors' speed, have to rebound better as well, and finish at the rim if they have any chance of coming back. Wancho continues his hot shooting from three. Wolves down 13-7, 9-22 to go in the first. Raptors, however, answer right back with a three of their own. Transition defense continues to be a huge issue in this game and on the season. Raptors start 8 of 8, so far up 18 to 9. Then out of a timeout, Akogi gets fouled multiple times, but no call and is instead called a turnover. Jim Pete can't believe the call was missed. Then a couple plays later, Wancho gets body checked to the floor, obvious foul, and again, no call. D'Lo looks fantastic early on, shoots one from another country, and gets the Wolves back within four. Nine points already on four of five shooting for D'Lo. A slew of bad calls can't stop the Wolves. We're back within two after a Beasley three. Raptors, though, just on fire from three, and they pass the ball fast and accurately to get back up nine. They had a 7-0 run. Wolves hit nine of ten shots, including two straight threes, and are right back in it down three and have the ball, which they score, much to the chagrin of the refs, who miss another obvious foul. 123 to go in the first as Culver hits the three, and we are tied at 36. 40-36, to 36, though, is the score after one. Raptors are ahead as they go on a 4-0 run to end the first. Nasri with an incredible play as he cuts, gets the ball, spins, and gets the and one. 
plus makes the free throw. Raptors get back up seven, though, but J-Mac is having none of that as he drives through the entire Raptors team for the and one, and he makes the free throw. Of course, ref's going to ref as they call J-Mac for a very weak foul on the next defensive play. It is a three-for-all, though, for the Raptors. They are eight of ten. Wolves, though, joining the party seven of 11, but the problem you're into is turnovers are also the name of the game for the Wolves so far. They have seven. Raptors, though, with nine. Wolves able to tie it back up, and a back-and-forth ensues as neither team is going anywhere. 53-53, 7.38 to go in the second. Wolves are on an 8-2 scoring run currently. Beasley drives in, fouled, no call. The next possession, Akogi gets fouled multiple times. No call again. I'm sorry, but this refing crew is absolutely awful so far. Uh, Wolves able to get back in front, though, 55-53 to off a Wancho make, assisted by Towns, then Russell two free throws as the lead moves to four. But Russell isn't done as a three makes it a seven-point lead. And if you think about all those calls that were missed earlier on, what would the lead be? We'd probably be up, be, be up 15 or 20 points. Another no call that was, as Jim Pete puts it, ridiculous. This one leads to a wide-open layup for the Raptors, and they are back within three, 64-61, 3.41 to go in the second. Wolves, 12 of 12 at the, tra- at the charity stripe so far. They are back up five, and they make it eight and 13 of 13 as Towns connects with a Koji, a Kogi for the and one. With two minutes to go, Wolves have scored 70 points already in this half, but it isn't just offense. They have forced 15 turnovers and 18 points off those so far. Wolves looking to beat the 74 again. So trying to beat what was the previous record that they just beat in that Clippers basketball game. Lowry to OG for the alley-oop, and the crowd is going nuts. Raptors down just two, but Towns answers for three, and that's 75 in the half. And that is your halftime score. Wolves 75, Raptors 74. Early in the third, Towns commits his third foul, so he has to be careful. But luckily, Lowry does the same. So far in this game, three lead changes Five ties, and Toronto has had the largest lead at eight. Or sorry, at nine. Lowry picks up his fourth foul, and shocker, he complains about it with 8.52 to go in the third. That is huge. D'Lo hits the three to put the Wolves back on top. He is also now the 12th player in team history with 20-plus in their debut, and he is now four of five from three. Wolves working their asses off, but Raptors have had a lot of fortunate bounces in this third quarter that have really helped them. Raptors on an 8-0 run and now up 6. That turns to an 11-0 run, and the Raptors are now up 9. Under 2 to go in the third, and the Raptors are up to their biggest lead of the game with 11. A sloppy turnover late, and the Raptors are up 12 heading into the fourth quarter. A couple threes to start the fourth, and Wolves are right back in this one, 106-100. to uh, 10 minutes to go in the fourth. The 15th made three of the game is James Johnson, who brings the air guitar, and the Wolves are back within two. Fifth foul by Lowry, and again, Lowry cries. Tells his coach to challenge. We'll see on replay, but it seemed like a good call live uh, when you're watching this game, and so you're hoping for the replay, and they somehow win the challenge. Here's the deal. The replay clearly shows it was actually not only a foul by Lowry, but multiple fouls by Lowry, and one by Davis. Terrible refing continues. Lowry should have five fouls. Instead, he's still stuck at four. I I don't know how you go into a replay and get the call wrong. On the court, it was clear as day. Just very frustrating, to say the least. Uh, Fifth foul by Lowry would have been huge and a game changer, but here we go. We move on. Raptors get away on the next with multiple fouls, and then finally one gets called. 
The Wolves are honestly sick of this, and it's crazy how much the Raptors complain. In fact, after Ronnie Hollis-Jefferson gets his fifth foul, I honestly thought, I thought Nick Nurse was going to start crying. He seemed so angry. Uh, complaining, though, seems to work, as on the other end, Towns gets called for a foul on Lowry, and it clearly was not a foul. Lowry then hits a deep, deep three to put the Raptors up nine with six to go. That lead is then pushed to 11. Wolves now running out of time. Ronnie Hollis-Jefferson knocks knees with Russell, who travels. My question is, why is that not a foul? RHJ should now be out of the game, but instead, it's a Wolves turnover. Raptors end up getting the lead up to 16, and that is all she wrote. And unfortunately, the score doesn't tell you how close this game was. I thought the Wolves played really, really well in this game. It, unfortunately, it just uh, it wasn't meant to be. Very frustrating, to say the least. I, I, you know, you watch these games, and, and you definitely get frustrated at times. But, I mean, it is what it is, and there's not much you can do about it. And uh, hopefully you, you take this uh, game where you played, could, played well and, and consistently well, and you can find a way to take that into uh, the next uh, coming games. Very close to a triple-double, by the way, four towns in this game. 23 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists. I'm definitely not complaining, by the way, about D'Angelo Russell either. 22 points, 5 assists. I mean, a lot to like from this game overall. Uh, other guys that really jumped off the page, 15-5 and five for a Wancho. You had Malik Beasley with 15-4-2. I mean, a lot of guys really jumped uh, into this game and did their part. Uh, nine points, three rebounds, and an assist for Okogi. Um, as far as uh, free throws were concerned, we talked about how well that was, 30-35. You'll definitely take that. Wolves end up losing, uh, final score, by the way, 137-126. But I would argue the game was closer than that 11 points shows and a very good effort overall. All right, so now we have the next game, Wolves taking on the Hornets. Uh, one of the big storylines here is that we have no towns in this game. So that's going to be uh, one thing to watch for. And it really puts the Wolves in a tough spot in terms of size, especially when you talk about the Hornets having a guy like Bismarck Biombo, who has, is the definition of size. So we'll see how that goes forward in this game. In fact, a good back and forth early on, Biombo proving a tough matchup, just like we talked about with that lack of size with Towns out and James Johnson starting at that five position. A bit of a scary moment as Beasley gets fouled on a transition dunk, falls hard, including his face hitting the floor, but he is okay, makes the free throw, Wolves with the early lead. Wolves able to build that lead with an Akogi three and a dunk in transition for Wancho. Jim Pete says it's best when he says Akogi has been reborn. So I, I really appreciate that sentiment because you're really seeing a different Josh Akogi at this stage than you did uh, for a, a stretch in the middle of the season. Uh, Wolves are now up 10-5. to five. A 5-0 run ties it up, but James Johnson answers right back as casual as ever, hitting the transition three. Aaron Gomez fouled on the defensive glass, no call, and eventually J.J. gets called instead because why not include and continue that uh, amazing refereeing we got in that Raptors game. Over a recent stretch, Akogi is shooting 92% from the free throw line, getting to the line six times a game. If he can keep this up, sky is the limit for him. The biggest thing now is if he can keep up the consistency when he's driving and more in control like he has been, making his free throws, what's next? Figure out the three-point line. If he does that, wow, the guy is going to be all NBA defense, no question. Uh, Wolves lead up to 18-11 after an 8-1 to run, but Wolves aren't done as Wancho gets fouled from three, hits them all. Wolves' lead is now up to 10. Wolves' hot shooting from three continues, especially from Malik, who loves target center as he hits his second of the night and Wolves 4-5 of early on, 4.53 to go in the first. 
Russell and J-Mac playing together is odd to me, but it didn't hurt us, which is good. Also, was a short stint that they ended up having together. But ultimately, as I watch this, I just think maybe going forward, that could be a lineup we maybe don't want to use as much. Uh, Jarrett Culver so far is up and down, just like we have seen in so many stints this year. A mix of good and bad. At some point, if he's going to be a consistent mainstay on this team, he has to be consistent with his play. Otherwise, I, I think there's a good chance he gets traded this offseason. Things got to change. And this is his audition. Whether it's an audition for us or an audition for a team that might take a chance on him, we need him to continue to play better. Nasrid, very impressive so far, draws two fouls on Willie Hernan Gomez and has shown off some impressive post play and has avoided foul trouble. 36 to 28 is the score after one. The Wolves are up and 47.5% from the field for the Wolves. Second quarter starts, Nas called for a BS foul. I don't know why refs target him so much, but it is an ongoing issue so far this season. Next possession, another weak, weak foul on Nas, and he just can't seem to catch a break, and considering he's our only available big man, this is not good. A J-Mac 3 and a JJ transition bucket gets the Wolves back up 11 with 9.28 to go in the second. Already eight turnovers by the Hornets, eight to go in the second. D'Lo quick shoots a deep three, and the Wolves have their biggest lead of the game at 16, up 50-34, to 34, just over six minutes to go in the first half. With four to go, D'Lo connects with Nas for another basket, and the biggest lead of the game, 18, and D'Lo now eight assists. Nas, though, with another BS foul. Seriously, you start to ask, why do the refs hate this guy? He just, time and time again, gets the raw end of the deal. Uh, and the call, not only was it bad, it was beyond late, and again, weak, weak, weak foul call. Then Russell called for a questionable call. Refs really trying their best to get the Hornets back in this game for some reason. Saunders challenges the call as it would have been Russell's third. Uh, replay shows he doesn't contact the player at all. This shouldn't be a foul. Has to be overturned. And shockingly, they overturn it. They actually got a call right. Sadly enough, even though we have replay now, it's shocking how many times they still get the call wrong. All the refs did was kill our momentum, though, with this long stoppage. And with that pausing of the game, helps the Hornets go on a run, and it is now back to an 11-point game, 57-46, with uh, just over two minutes to go in the first half. Make it nine, and another bad call, as there was no contact, and yet a foul called on J.J. Russell gets fouled multiple times, finally gets the call and the layup, free throw made, and it is back up to a 14-point game. Wolves overall, 13 of 13 from the free throw line. Russell scores again, now has 10 points, 7 assists, and this is two games in a row now where we're seeing elite free throw shooting from the Timberwolves. This is something they have to keep up if they're going to find a way to win games, especially if Towns ends up missing extended time. Kogi gets the steal, then the open transition to Malik. Wolves up 18 with 24 seconds to go in half number one. Wolves answers the Hornets' the 9-2 run with a 9-0 run of their own. 66-50 is the halftime score as Charlotte gets a buzzer beater, though. A nine points, seven boards, as again, I'm super impressed with Wancho. A three-for-all for both teams to start half number two as back and forth they go. Hornets run, though, gets them back within eight. They just cannot miss so far in this half. And it doesn't matter how good or bad the defense has been. They just cannot miss. A foul by Russell gets Graham to the line, and he makes both back to within six. This is getting ugly in a hurry. D'Lo, though, helps calm the storm with another deep three. He is three of seven from deep, 18 points, and the lead is back to nine with 647 to go in the third. Malik drives in, gets fouled multiple times, no call. But Wancho also gets fouled on the board, and that one actually does get called. 
A jump ball gets redone, and Borrego is is livid, especially after they lose the second toss, and the Wolves end up getting an easy two. He gets teed up, and this puts the Wolves up 10 with 527 to go in the third. Bleak is now up to 21 with another three-point make, and Wolves back up 13. He is 4 of 8 from 3 so far. Culver boxes out, gets shoved in the back, and somehow the foul gets called on Culver. Uh, the refs strike again as momentum killers. This has been time and time again in this game. We could have easily been up by 25 or 30 points if the refs weren't so involved in trying to give this game to the Hornets. Uh, next play, JJ gets called for another awful call. You, you get frustrated watching this because there's no reason why a team like the Hornets or any team should be getting the benefit of these calls, especially all these bad calls. Uh, refs start another Hornets run. We have a Jared Vanderbilt sighting, by the way, 117 to go in the third. Hornets score again with an and one, and it's just a six-point game, followed up by another bonehead Culver turnover. He is absolutely maddening to watch at times. Uh, 87 to 81, the Wolves are up, though, after three, clinging to that six-point lead. Fourth quarter starts, and it is still all Hornets. Now just a two-point game as Wolves can score or get stops right now. A 13-2 run, though, gets the Hornets down only one point, and they have the ball with 9.53 to go in the fourth. Hornets score off a missed free throw where Nas decides, I'm not going to box anyone out. And just like that, they have the lead and all the momentum is theirs. They score again. They are now up four as Ryan calls a timeout. Out of that timeout, 4-0 run by the Wolves, not a backup, 93-93 after the Malik putback, 7-20 to go in the fourth. Wolves' chance to take the lead, but Russell is selfish, takes a really bad contested shot when Nas was wide open from three. Honestly, I love what Russell's doing for us so far. He's been really fantastic, but you have to make that pass. You just have to. Uh, Malik then pushes tempo in transition, kicks to Russell, who gets the friendly roll, and the Wolves are up 98-96, just under five minutes to go. Short-lived, though, as another Graham three goes in, and he was heavily contested. There's nothing you could do, but he still makes it, and that has been a common theme we've seen in this second half. Russell misses the go-ahead three, and then Monk throws Wancho to the ground. No call. Shocking. And then a bogus kicked ball call that was a clean steal and would have given us two easy points. Uh, these refs, honestly, in this game have been absolute garbage. Amazing defense doesn't matter as a buzzer-beating heave by Bridges goes in, and the Hornets are now up 4, 224 to go in this game. Biombo then scores for the Wolves accidentally when he went for the board, and it's a two-point game. Unfortunately, though, the Wolves just do not have answers in this one for the insanely hot shooting by the Hornets and the terrible, terrible officiating. And unfortunately, again, they end up losing this one, a game they definitely should have won. And time and time again, the refs stepped in, killed momentum, gave it to the Hornets. On top of that, we're a young team. We're missing our best player. It's one of those things where it's tough to overcome, and ultimately we could not. Final score in this game, 115-108, to 108, the Hornets beat the Timberwolves. So unfortunate there that, that you had a game that seemed like it was in your grasp. You couldn't finish it off. Uh, 28 for Malik Beasley, along with six rebounds and three assists. D'Angelo Russell, 26 points, six boards, 11 assists, two steals, and a block. Very impressive from him. Uh, Twelve and six from Nas Reed. Lots of players uh, did some things that you know you really were impressed with. Josh Okogie, nine points, six boards, four assists, a steal. Did a little bit of everything. Uh, of course, there's going to be some guys that you watch this game that definitely you felt could have done better. How about uh, a player we talked about? Uh, Jared Vanderbilt playing. Uh, 
in this game. He only played four minutes, but he was in minus 11. And so that's tough when you throw a guy out there that really hasn't been playing much. Uh, there's certain things, but there's not much you can do when you're short big men. And, and this is an issue that you're going to have when you have Towns out. You just don't have the depth at that position. On the schedule is the Wolves taking on the Boston Celtics. Nas Reed gets his first career start with Towns out with the fractured wrist. A good start by him as he wins the tip. 23rd different starting lineup for the Wolves. That is fourth most in the NBA. Great start by Nas. He scores off the offensive rebound and then good defense. Able to drive in, score again. Nas himself is up early 4-0 on the Celtics. Tatum drives in, gets a BS foul call, goes to the line to try to take the lead for the Celtics. A Tatum 3 puts the Celtics up 9-5 with 8.25 to go in the first. Wolves looking pretty good on both ends, but Celtics so far better team. Missed layups have been an issue for the Timberwolves. A 5-0 run capped with a Wancho 3 puts the Wolves back on top again early. Russell is on fire so far in this game from mid-range. He adds a three, Wolves up 15-12 to 12 halfway through the first. Russell with eight of the Wolves' last 11 points. Akogi takes an obvious charge, and unfortunately they get the call wrong, calling it a blocking foul. As Dave Benz points out, maybe we want to challenge this. The referee actually seems to look over at Ryan, seems to kind of be like, are you going to challenge this? Uh, I think the ref kind of realized that he made a bad call, but unfortunately Ryan does not. Uh, likely knowing he probably wouldn't win, although ball don't lie as the free throw is missed. An 8-0 run puts the Celtics up 20-15 to with 3.46 to go in the first. Keelan Martin comes in, just got back with the team from Iowa. Honestly, always one of my favorite players to watch. Seems to have positive impacts game in and game out on both ends of the floor. Another bad call is James Johnson picks up his dribble, then gets fouled, scores, but they don't give him the and one. Uh, But let's not stop there, though. The ref says, as a few plays later, Culver drives, and Smart grabs his arm. Ref allows it, and it leads to two easy transition points for the Celtics. A good defense at the buzzer, though, by Keelan Martin, and the Wolves are down just four, 24-20 after the first. Russell so far with 10 points, three rebounds, and two assists. Wolves with a very young lineup, very interesting lineup too, uh, going with J-Mac, Martin, Culver, Beasley, and Reed uh, for the second. And just like that, you blink, and the Celtics are up eight early. The second that lineup came onto the floor, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I don't think this is going to go well, and so far it has not. Nas Reed, another missed three. All of them are short so far tonight when he takes his three-point shots. Um, one of those things we, we've talked about in the past with Nas Reed is how effortless his three-pointer looks. A little bit more leg on that three-point shot would definitely make a difference uh, in this game so far. Beasley, though, ends the 6-0 run for the Celtics with the and one, and the Wolves are back within seven. Nas Reed drives in, gets hit, no call, but he's able to make the shot anyways. Got to say, it must be nice being the Celtics, getting all the calls to go your way, but not getting called for any of the fouls you commit. Celtics get the lead back up 10 with a Tatum 3, and a Kogi could not have played better defense. As Jim Pete said, Tatum hits that shot, and it is cold-blooded. Been very impressed so far on defense by Nas Reed. I love how he walls up. Uh, in addition, Beasley has played very good man defense. We've talked about this in the past, but when it comes to walling up, the key is elbows to ears. Uh, doesn't matter what level you're playing at. If you don't want to get called for fouls, elbows to ears is the key. J-Mac helps create a turnover and in transition hits a Kogi for the alley-oop. Hopefully the Wolves can use that for some sort of momentum. 
Uh, Russell comes back in, and Akogi gets another alley-oop, this time from D'Angelo, and it's 34-39 with 5.06 to go in the second. Celtics, though, go on a 7-0 run, have their biggest lead of the game with 12, but Beasley won't let them pull away further as he hits another three. Two of three so far, he has 11 points uh, with four minutes to go in the first half. A fun fact, since joining the Wolves, Beasley is 14 of 30 so far from three, so just under 50%. Johnson gets his third personal on another bad call. This time, Tice gets the call. You know, the crazy thing is you're watching this game, and even Tice gets treated better than literally anyone on our basketball team. Very frustrating. We're giving that guy superstar calls now? I I just don't get it. Uh, Wolves back to single-digit deficit, though, after great ball movement leads to a Wancho 3. Wolves are now 6 of 20 from deep so far in this game. And then Wancho, another 3, now has 9 points, 3 of 3 shooting from deep, 9 of 17 overall from 3 since joining the Wolves for Wancho. Him and Beasley opening some eyes with their deep balls. Wolves end the half, stealing the momentum as Tatum hits a dunk, but Beasley hits the buzzer-beater 3, 53-61. Wolves are down just 8 A very impressive first half, all things considered. A few things go our way, and the Wolves could have been uh, tied or even in the lead. Uh, Hopefully the second half uh, bodes well. Starting to notice the Celtics get away with a lot of illegal screens in this game. and, And I don't watch a lot of Celtics basketball, but I wonder if that's something that's normal. Do they normally get away with this kind of thing? Uh, They've done it two times in the last few plays in the start of the second half against Nas Reed. You know, wonder if he needs to maybe fight through it more so the ref notices. I don't know, but these are obvious to me that these are offensive fouls that that should be called for legal screens D'Lo drives in Hayward shoves him in the back no call as usual but D'Lo hits the shot complains to the ref but for good reason as it uh, definitely should have been called Uh, overall though a rough start to the third as the Celtics big their build their biggest lead of the game at 13 Wolves, though, answer out of a timeout, a 6-0 run, courtesy of Wancho and Nas from three. The Wolves now 10 of 26 from deep. And how about this sequence? Beasley helps get the steal, then Russell sets him up, no look in transition. And then after another stop, Nas read from three again, and the Wolves are back within two, 70-72, to with 7-0-7 to go in the third. That was also D'Lo's 10th assist so far in this game. Another illegal screen by Daniel Tice. Creates a hole, Celtics miss, but Tice able to score the putback. Someone needs to make these officials aware of what, what Daniel Tice is doing because it's, it's an, been a constant issue we've seen here in the second half. And, and maybe in the first half, I just didn't notice it as much. Obvious, though, very obvious in that second half. A 5-0 run by the Celtics. They are back up 7. After a transition make, though, Beasley now up to 22 points on 9-14 of shooting, and he continues to impress since the trade. Wolves, though, just never seem to be able to get over the hump to tie or take the lead, and the Celtics are back on top, 89-81, after a Hayward drive, 2.30 to go in the third. An unfortunate play is James Johnson gets a great block, runs out, gets hit for the wide-open two, but catches it and steps aren't right as he double dribbles, and that would have made it a four-point game. Then, just after that, Johnson fouls the three-point shooter, and, and he's out here really working his tail off. And, it, and unfortunately, just you get a little bit of tough luck on both ends. And that's Johnson's fifth foul. As the third quarter ends, the Wolves are down seven. And I'll say just seven. It's a very good Celtics team. We're missing towns. A very, very good fight on both ends by the Wolves. J-Mac in the fourth quarter, five straight points to keep the Wolves within seven. He has two makes from three as well so far in the game. 
100 to 95 is the score. Wolves down with 9.17 to go in the fourth. Can the Wolves get some stops? Go on a run. And Wolves do get a stop. And in transition, J-Mac hits another three. He's now three of three up into this point in this game. And the Wolves are now down just two points. After a back and forth, Wolves get a steal. And in a Kogi, in a Kogi dunk in transition. And it's a one-point game with 7.21 to go in the fourth. 104 to 103. Although, unfortunately, as per usual, the refs don't like us having momentum. They call a BS foul on J-Mac to help the Celtics. Then another bad call as nobody fouls Daniel Tice, including Russell, who got a clean block. But apparently we give, we give Tice superstar calls now as he hits both free throws to bring the lead back up to three. Maybe the worst defensive possession of the game as multiple players, especially D'Lo, just look absolutely lost. And Hayward ends up hitting the easy three and puts the Celtics back up four with six minutes to go in the fourth. On the other end, a bunch of missed layups, and finally Celtics get the ball, and the Wolves, of course, shocker, get a stupid foul. Not a bad call, just a dumb foul by the team. Uh, Kogi gets the steal, but no clear path as he didn't have the possession fully when he gets fouled. But Wolves are in the bonus, and he makes both free throws. Akogi 36 of 41 over the last eight games from the line. So you're definitely seeing a big improvement on his free throws, which is huge because for the longest time, it was just basically watching Shaq. You went up there and you said, at best, he's going to make one of these. And he's definitely found a way to turn that around. Ref's going to ref, though, as Brown drives, elbows Akogi to the ground, a clear charge, doesn't get called. And eventually, instead, Nas gets called for the foul. You know, you watch these games and you just say to yourself, this nonsense at some point from these NBA refs has to stop. And yet time and time again, game after game, nothing ever changes. Uh, 114 to 109, Celtics are up 434. And then a minute later, and just like that, they're up by 8, 119 to 111. Beasley drives in, hoping to break the run with a dunk. He's fouled. And another no call, as Jim Pete says, Wolves just cannot get a call. And at this point, you really feel like the game is over, and unfortunately, it was. Final score in this game, 127-117. to 117. Wolves lose this one by 10, but definitely a fantastic effort. You hate to ask for moral victories. You look at it this way. If you're one of those people that's pro-tanking because you want to get a better pick, you're probably happy about this. If you're one of those people that want the team you know, to give it their all and find a way to win some games, you're probably still pretty happy with the effort you got here. I think all things considered, you can be pretty happy with the outcome of this game. Again, final score, 127-117. to 117, Celtics take the game. So these last two games that we had on the schedule, we're not going to go fully in-depth on them. Um, you know, Unfortunately, they weren't uh, outcomes that you were hoping to see from, from any of these matchups. Um, whether it was the game that the Wolves played on uh, the 24th where they took on the Mavericks. Obviously did not go our way. And uh, the same could be said for the Sunday game against the Nuggets. Now, kudos to the Nuggets. Or, sorry, the Wolves against the Nuggets. You're playing in Denver, and I thought had a very, very solid game, all, th- all things considered. You're talking about no Towns, no D'Lo as he was out for just giving him kind of some general recuperation, general rest. And that's going to continue to happen, by the way, down the stretch. They want him to be fully healthy for the offseason. So uh, looking at this Nuggets game, um, a number of guys played well. You got some pretty good minutes from Nas Reed, but foul trouble continues to be an issue for him as he only played 21 minutes. And when you're as shorthanded as we are with big men, that's very, very troublesome. I mean, that makes a big difference. Keelan Martin was definitely um, one of the best players in this game. And then same with uh, same with Jordan McLaughlin. How about Jordan McLaughlin? Nice double-double, 15 points, 10 assists, and four boards. That guy gets the job done. 
Uh, Keelan Martin, 21 points with four rebounds. Just dominant. Uh, adds, an, adds a block, actually, in this game, too. Very, very impressive from him. Uh, one thing that I like to see, because it's, you know he's been struggling so, so much, uh, was Jarrett Culver. It's nice to see him hit three of four from uh, the field as far as threes are concerned. He does get three turnovers. The one thing you notice with Jarrett Culver is he seems to regress. I mentioned this on Twitter. A lot of rookies seem to hit that rookie wall. I don't feel like he hit a wall. I feel like he jumped off a cliff. All of a sudden, I mean, in most of these games, you don't see a lot of things that you're real happy about. But statistic-wise, uh, you'll take four, I mean, 14 points, three boards, five assists, and a steal. I mean, you take that. I mean, you would definitely, definitely take that. Uh, but all things considered, uh, overall, I thought the team played very, very well. And there were moments in this game where, where you really thought that you had a shot to win this one. You know, I remember wa- we're watching this game, and the guy that really jumped off the page for me that really hadn't been playing that great lately was a big reason the Wolves lost, and that was Paul Millsap. Uh, as, as one person put it, he followed one of his worst games of the season with his best I mean, he finishes this game 9 of 11 from the field. And, and we're talking deep shots, too, with three-pointers. And in many instances in this game, it didn't matter how good the defense was. The Denver Nuggets were hitting shots left and right. And again, that included Paul Millsap, who was dominant inside and outside. Uh, very frustrating in a game where you played really, really well. Now, how about this? 25 points in this game. But the game before that, Millsap had just two points. Uh, they actually... Uh, Interviewed him, and, and he was quoted, I watched a lot of film over the past few days, seeing how I can get better. I've been out of the lineup for a while, so trying to get back in rhythm and figure things out. I'll tell you right now, he figured something out, and he definitely looked like he was in rhythm. Very, very solid game from him. Nikolai Jokic played really well, and that's a big part of that. You look at how well they shot. How about this? 68.2% in the first half and 58.9% in the second. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. The Wolves have really struggled on the defensive end. I mean, that's just something that's – I think that's just going to be a mainstay, unfortunately, the rest of the season. You're going to see that. But you're hoping that they can make some strides and they can maybe get at least – how about being average? Or I mean, we just need to see improvements on that end of the basketball. We know that they can score. We know the Wolves can score. They have to find ways to play defense. Uh, Saunders said this, that group played really hard. I'm really proud of our guys. I mean, you talk about no D'Angelo Russell, no Carl Towns. And, and yet you see guys stepping up. Keelan Martin, uh, career-high 21 points, and, and, and super impressive uh, the way he was able to come in and make an effort. And the Wolves, unfortunately, uh, drop now. This is uh, 31 of their last 37 games. So it's, you know, it's really unfortunate for them. This was, by the way, you were hoping for maybe a little bit of a revenge game uh, for, me, for, for Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez. As this is the first time they've played, obviously, their former team. And in the case of those two players, their only team. That's the only team that those guys have played for. Beasley said it was like practice. It was weird. It was cool to be out there and compete with those guys because we had that brotherhood for four years. So it's a weird feeling. Unfortunately, though, you did not get that revenge game. Uh, that we were really hoping for. I saw someone on Twitter say, maybe he's going to get 50. Well, how about you settle for 17? Uh, eight rebounds are nice, but that's just not going to cut it. Uh, Wancho, seven points, four rebounds. Again, that's not going to cut it either. We did have some foul trouble in this game at, at moments, and so that that plays a part as well. But ultimately, you just didn't have enough. And the Nuggets are a better team. Now, if you had D'Lo and, and Carl Towns, obviously you have a much better shot to win this game, but they were not there, and ultimately you do end up falling in this one. 128-116 to 116 is the final score. 
The next game and the last game that we'll talk about for this week is when the Wolves took on the Dallas Mavericks. Now, you could there's two things I'll say about this game, or at least this final score. The game is somehow both simultaneously closer and further apart than the score dictates. So we lost by 16 points. Part of that was our guy Keelan Martin heaving up a buzzer beater. So if that doesn't go in, we lose by 19 points. But I don't think that tells a story, as I felt like for 70, let's say 80% of this game, the Wolves were very competitive. But in the end, they just didn't have enough firepower. You're, you did have D'Angelo Russell, which was great to see, and it was nice to have him on the team. But it's really tough to play the Mavericks when they have uh, their entire roster intact. Uh, you know, they, they had a couple injuries, I'm sure, but for the most part, their mainstays, you know, got Przingis, Doncic, Curry, Kleba. Uh, Hardaway Jr. had a good game. Actually, had a great game. And so a lot of your main guys uh, were able to play in this game, and that, that played a big role. Uh, one thing I'll say, and I know Jim Pete touched on this a lot during the telecast, my goodness, Luka Doncic couldn't complain more, I don't think, if he wanted to. Uh, and the one thing I'll say about that is I get so frustrated with so many people ripping on Carl Towns for the way he complains. I'm sorry, but stars complain. And here's the big difference. Luka Doncic actually gets calls. Carl Towns doesn't. And so if you're going to rip a guy for actually you know, complaining, rip a guy like Doncic or other superstars that actually get calls in their favor. Towns doesn't have that advantage. And so you wonder why Towns complains. That's a big reason. So take that in mind or keep that in mind uh, the next time you're, you know, you're complaining about Carl Towns. I want you to have that same energy for these other guys that, you, you know, that people enjoy watching. Uh, as far as the Wolves are concerned, you, know, you got some nice games. Uh, Malik Beasley with 21, D'Angelo Russell with 29, 19 uh, for J.J. So there are little things uh, to take away from this game. Uh, one thing I'll say about this game, at times, Jarrett Culver looked absolutely lost on the defensive end. And here's the thing. The one thing that Jared Culver could hang his hat on so far this season had been defense. If he's not going to bring it on that end, I honestly, what's he, why is he playing? Now, again, he's going to keep playing. I, I'm just saying, if your goal was to win games, Jared Culver's not helping you do that if he's not even going to bring it on defense. That's a huge issue. So what you need over the next, uh, you know, the rest of this season is you need him to step it up. Uh, my understanding is that there were some teams at the deadline that had interest in him. If you want any of those teams to come back to the bargaining table, Jarrett Culver has to be better than he has been. And so you're going to play him. And you're going to play him in every game that he's healthy because you need to. He's a rookie, and you have to have him improve. And, again, we talked about this. Rookies make mistakes. Rookies falter. He had that nice like 10 or 15-game stretch in the middle of the season, Culver did, where he looked really, really good, was able to hit shots. There was a lot to like about his game. But here's the thing I'm going to say about that. His jump shot is janky. It is ugly. There's nothing to like about it. I mean, that's just the way it is. Watch him shoot free throws, and when he gets to the line, you're pretty confident he's going to miss both. Maybe you're fortunate enough to get a lucky bounce and he makes one. That's a real issue. And so if you're not getting defense from him, it's ugly. And we need him to pick it up on both ends, especially in games when you're going to be missing players. You talk about guys like D'Angelo Russell not being able to play some games because we're going to give him rest. Some guys like him have to step up. You don't have a lot of ball handlers. He needs to find a way to step up. And unfortunately, that just has not been the case uh, in many instances. So, um, you know, we talked about the importance of uh, – a guy like Nas Reed, uh, again, you have an issue where he's in foul trouble immediately. He doesn't even, two minutes into the game, and he's already having to sit. He's got two fouls. 
I mean, that's been a huge issue for him. Now, one thing that Nas Reed doesn't benefit from, he, he doesn't get the benefit of, uh, benefit of the doubt when it comes to calls. And a lot of times he does pick up uh, pretty garbage, garbage fouls. Uh, not fouls as in like bad fouls, but as in they shouldn't be fouls. Uh, unfortunately, he just hasn't gotten that benefit of the doubt. And think about this. If Towns himself isn't getting the benefit of the doubt here in Minnesota, why is Nas Reed going to? So that's one thing to keep in mind. It's been a little bit of a struggle, uh, no questions asked. Uh, Keelan Martin, by the way, wasn't able to get the same kind of points that he got the game before, but 11 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. That's There's a lot to like about that game from him. Um, he made his free throws. And this is another game, by the way, where the Wolves had a nice run. I think they started the game off 13 of 13 from the free throw line, something along those lines. I mean, that's that's fantastic. Hopefully they can keep that up. The thing you're looking for as this season comes to a close is you need the team to just continue to improve in certain areas, and, and we're starting to see that in some aspects. Uh, but on the defensive end, that just has not happened, and hopefully eventually that's going to change. Again, your final score here is 139 to 123. The Mavericks take this game. That's going to do it for this week's edition of The Howl. Remember, if you missed any portion of the show on Nothing But Net on Dash Radio, you can find us anywhere great podcasts are found. So this radio show is in podcast form everywhere from Spotify, Stitcher, Podient, iTunes, any of those great places. Make sure you download. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave us a five-star rating if you like what you heard. And until next week, let me get a howl.